Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio, that's right, BSH Radio, my name is Bill Matz, I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, fam, it's uh, it's about that time, we gotta start looking out for the fake accounts, we gotta start making our own fake accounts, creating our own rumors, perpetuating the cycle of stupidity, the draft is tonight, free agency later this week, let's get it going, let's lead it off with the introductions and start with Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. So today's update, and, you know, we get a different one every day, is that the season is going to start January 1st. And I was just reminded that the Winter Classic is a thing. It is a thing. (laughs) So I think it would be really fun to start the 20... uh, 21. Would it still be the 2020-2021 season? Um, With the Winter Classic. I think that that would be really fun. I agree. I would like that. I'm just not confident the season starts before, like, Valentine's Day at the earliest. I'm also iffy. Like, that would be really cool to start a season with the Winter Classic. The thing is, it costs a lot of money to put on a Winter Classic, and I find it hard to imagine they would do it unless they could put fans in the stands, and I find it hard to imagine they'll be able to put at least... They might be able to have some fans in the stands, but certainly not, like, 60,000. So... It would be a really cool made-for-TV event. I just don't know if they'd be willing to light that much money on fire just to have a really cool made-for-TV event, you know? Just Where do is it, it supposed yeah, to be? Totally. Where is it supposed to be this year? Do we know? Minnesota. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, Minnesota, maybe. I mean, they could just go play on a lake in Minnesota. People like, would go to that. They could in January. No fans in the could. stands. Just throw a bunch of fucking players on the ice. Like, no problem. But why not? Just do it in Tampa, where there are no restrictions and nothing matters. You can have as many people there as you want. Hey, if we uh, if, if we do it in Minnesota on just like a normal ice service, they gotta get Emilio Estevez to drive a limo on the ice. Oh, Has God. to be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a little washed up. That feels that feels perfect for the NHL. That's true. He's they no do Alcide. Love a C list celebrity. <laughs> From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So I want to bring this up because, honestly, I'm probably guilty of this sort of 
logic that isn't really logic. And I want to I want to acknowledge that it doesn't really matter the stuff that we're reading constantly on social media and whatnot. But I've made this point, and a lot of people have also made this point, that I still think is true, that a lot of the players that people on Flyers Twitter lose their minds over that the Flyers should get, in a year, they would hate them because of all the things that frustrate them about the guys that are already here. And that is a viable thing to say. However, and this is important, that's not a viable reason not to go for those players. Like, yeah. I, I believe that a lot of people who think Patrick Lyonet is the missing piece and they are angry the Flyers haven't given away everyone for him, in a year they would absolutely hate him because he goes on 10-game goal-scoring droughts and doesn't play defense and stuff. Like, I truly believe that's true. That said, that's not a reason not to get Patrick Lyonet. That's just a reason for me to tell people to not think it's the end of the goddamn world if they don't get Patrick Line. But there's no reason to, like, not go for a guy because some fans might hate him. The goal is is to win a Stanley Cup, and if you think that Patrick Line is going to help the Flyers win a Stanley Cup or whoever is going to help the Flyers win a Stanley Cup, it doesn't matter whether they hate him the same way they hated Jeff Carter. It's just that it's annoying maybe to me because I have to read everybody on social media screaming about it 24-7. That's why you just don't read the comments, Charlie. This is fair. Yeah, You're flyers... a big reporter. You don't have to give in to anybody. It's your <laughs> opinion that matters, not anyone else's. Yeah, the Flyers should only consider my personal feelings when targeting players. <laughs> in my yeah, opinion. no, like, there are reasons to go out and get, like, uh, look, we've been using line A as the example. There are reasons to do it. There are reasons not to do it. The stupid shit that we talk about isn't always a reason to or not to do something. Get him because you think he'll score 50 goals. Don't get him because you don't think he won't and you're going to have to pay him a bunch of money. Like, those are the reasons not to do something. Agreed. And how about the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle? Speaking of rumors and nonsense, of which there is no shortage right now, I have decided still that the best things the Flyers can do is run it back. Do absolutely nothing. <laughs> well. Run it back. That's what I'm saying. Well, the number two defenseman made that a little bit difficult. <laughs> okay, so r- run it back almost a little bit because you have to get another defenseman <laughs> and also you need a 3C. So run it back except for a 3C and filling Met- Niskanen's spot. But otherwise, you run it back. <laughs> uh, fam, if you've noticed, uh, we're recording. If you're listening to this right when it shows up on your feed, it is Tuesday, not Wednesday. Uh, we wanted to get an episode in. You know, the draft is tonight. Obviously, the Niskanen news, the Braun news. We wanted to get to all that stuff uh, before your hockey week begins. So we're going to do that now. But since it came up on last show, and since we've already talked about him once in this show, I just have to ask Is Patrick Line actually that good? Like, I know he had the 140-goal season, and that's real exciting, especially at the age he did it. And he's had he's had a 36-goal season. But, like, everyone's saying, oh, well, the problem is if you trade for him, you got to give him $10 million in a year. Why? His numbers are that of JVR, who gets seven. I understand his age and potential, but he had 28 goals last year. That's Wayne Simmons. Like, I, why would he get $10 million? He, everyone says he plays no defense and does nothing but score the goals. He doesn't seem to score that many goals. He's got 58 over the last two years. I am, like, right in the middle of this argument. So, yes, he is good. Like, he's very, he's good, is yes. Good. 
It's hard to score $10 million good? Probably not. Um, That all being said, he's still so young. Yeah. He's still really young. Like, there's a lot of room for improvement there. And I don't buy into a lot of the media nonsense from Winnipeg anyway, because they're just a little crazy. Steph, Um, why you have to be mad? (laughs) I hear that their Wi-Fi isn't great. (laughs) Oh, Lord. They don't have any parks. (laughs) They have the fucking internet up there? They don't have internet. That's why we don't know what's going on with Nolan Patrick. He can't get in touch with the team. Oh, Lord. He's Um, testing out the Winter Classic Pond with Ryan White. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think, like, I mean, Patrick Lighty would make this team better. I I think that he would depending on what they would have to give up for him. That's the thing. And that's that's the thing. You're going to subtract a lot to add Patrick Line and and on balance does that make the team better? I'm not And sure. also, like if you're going to have to give him 10 million dollars in a year anyway, get fucked. Just get him in a year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, or just win the cup this year and let him walk. Yeah, or that. But, like, I don't know if they could do that without, like, Sandheim and connecting, you know. Sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's good. Like, that, that's the thing. He's good, and he's I'm probably going to get better. Bad. Because he's only 22. Like, he, it, so. Those were my points. Yeah. Like, that, then that's exactly what it is. Like, he's good. He's probably going to get better. Is he worth $10 million a year now? No, he's not. Like, that, that is the thing. He's, he's objectively, right now, he is overrated. But I don't think that means that he's going to be overrated forever, which is why he's so exciting. And, like,. There's a reason why everyone, there's a reason why everyone screams for a sniper, and there's a reason why the Flyers never get a sniper. And it's not because the Flyers are willfully not trying to get a sniper. It's because there's only like three of them. Like that—that's the thing. It's such a rare skill set in terms of like actually being a sniper that when you get one, you're basically never let him leave. So that's why James Neal. Well, I mean, is James Neal really a sniper or did he just no. play on good teams? Uh, he scored a bunch of goals. Yeah, with, like, Evgeny Malkin. I mean, cool. So did Connor. Connor Sherry scored a bunch of goals with Sidney Crosby. Awesome fucking player. Anyway, um, the, uh, the, the big thing for me is just that those guys are going to get paid because they're so rare, and Lion A's camp is clearly being very aggressive with their asks. So, if you're trading for Patrick Laine, you're basically implicitly saying you believe enough in the player that you're going to open the checkbook for him. So, you kind of put yourself in the position where you sort of have to give him that much money. Maybe if you're Winnipeg, you can be like, well, we don't think you're worth that because we drafted you and we've watched you. and eh." But, like, if you're the Flyers and you give up, like, major assets to get him and then you try to lowball him the next summer, I mean, I just can't see that happening. You mean, like, it's a bad idea to trade for a pending free agent, like, give up, I don't know, the top pitching prospect in baseball and another roster player and, like, a whole bunch of assets and then be like, "Uh, I don't know if our internal budget will allow us to sign this guy. Are you saying that's bad, Charlie? It's less than ideal. Yeah, fuck you, Matt Klintak. So, so anyway... The big news, I didn't mean to get sidetracked on all this. And one thing to put a bow on the Line A stuff, it was last week's talk, but after we did it, I was like, is he even worth it? But, I mean, he's very good. And to put a... I mean, it's still this week's talk. Yeah. Because... Yeah, it's still going on, and he hasn't been traded yet, you know? 
Um, and Philadelphia is the top team linked to him. Yeah. So. And, and, like, people would be excited if we got him. Don't get me wrong. I will say, in terms of the one-dimensional stuff, he did have more assists than Claude Giroux. Now, it could be they're all rebounds because he shot a ton, but I doubt that. No, he apparently rounded out his game a bit this past year in terms of, you know, passing more, um, being more conscientious defensively. Now, the the on-ice results, aside from, I guess, the assists, didn't really show it. Like, he still was a defensive liability by the numbers. But the, people that, the people that have watched him have said that he he cared more, which I guess is a positive, even if it hasn't showed up in the numbers yet. Like, you presumably eventually that's going to pop up, like the fact that, like, he wasn't just cherry-picking all the fucking time. So that's good. And again, he's only 22. But, yeah, I mean, he's still no two-way threat. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I mean, defense is, like, mostly effort. Like, if you do care more, eventually you'll get better at it. You'll maybe never be good because, like, it hurts to block shots and hit people. But, yeah. like... Uh, you know, if you care, you'll be better at it. I don't want to have to wonder if a player cares. That annoys me. I hate Here's that the shit. thing. I'm all I'm fine with a guy. Like, we have enough fucking two-way players. We have we just re-signed Justin Braun, who does nothing on offense. I'm fine with one dimensional <laughs> if pucks are going in the net for us. Agreed. That's how I feel too. Like, like that's not a guarantee. If, if he's scoring goals, I'm good with that dimension. I'm like, good with it. Like Justin Braun is the most one-dimensional player perhaps ever. It just <laughs> happens to be the dimension that the old guys like. <laughs> he blocks the shots. Obviously, he's great. Uh, but let's talk about it. Uh, the big news that came out yesterday. I think it shocked everybody. Matt Niskanen retires. And in response, the Flyers re-up Justin Braun to a two-year deal. Uh, so I want to try to get to this point by point. Uh, so let's start. I said it shocked everybody, and that seems to be the consensus. But did anybody have, like, an inkling that this was a possibility? He's going to be 34 in December, wife and two kids, life in the bubble. Was there any sort of, like, indication over the last couple months that he was thinking, you know what, I'm about done? I, well, we all watched him play in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. His, he was about leg, done, right? I his think legs I said it. Done. I forget where I read it, but I think I read that he decided after the yeah. Flyers were eliminated. He was like, okay, I'm done. Well, he, apparently he, said, decided, he apparently decided right after. Yeah, like, like he, right after. According to Fletcher, basically, Niskanen was driving home from the bubble, heading back to Minnesota, and like, I don't know if this is exactly what happened, but it was certainly the way Fletcher presented it, that basically, like, Niskanen, like, pulled off to the side of the road mid-drive and called Fletcher and was like, yo, I'm retired. So, wow. so I mean, and, and based on the conversation that his agent, uh, Neil Shee, I believe is how you pronounce his name, um, had with Ken Campbell of the Hockey News, it sounds like coronavirus and the pandemic and all the uncertainty about the season was a major contributing factor. Like It sounds like he, my read of that article is that Niskanen kind of had it in his head that he was going to retire at the end of this contract. That, you know, this was his final contract. He wasn't going to try to, you know, squeeze out a couple more one-year deals somewhere or whatever that, like, he was done, he was going home. And then once his final season of his contract was had the potential to be a total dumpster fire because of the pandemic, he was just like, well, why bother? Yeah, and that's like, we, we just, uh, Steph led it off saying January 1st, 
And I was like, uh, maybe I, I, I'd be I'd be pumped about a January 1st start for this season. You don't know what you're preparing for. What kind of season? Am I going to have to quarantine away from my family again? Is there going to be another bubble situation? And also, like, yeah, he's due 5.75 on the salary cap, but... God knows what the players are actually going to get when their own when the owners get the, their hands on the numbers for after an abbreviated season with no fans, a potential for another abbreviated season with at least limited fans. Like he could be making a million fucking bucks next year. And granted, I would take a million bucks for pretty much anything. But <laughs> he's already a millionaire. He doesn't need to do that when he's like, you know what? The end of last season was really hard for me physically and mentally. Why do it? I respect the decision, and honestly, it saves the Flyers a bunch of money, so cool. So, yeah, that that whole thing. I think, was it um, LeBron Charlie who said that he might do, they might do the thing where they let him stay on technically so they pay him just in case he wants to come back? Yeah, well, they wouldn't pay him. Basically, okay. the way this works, I, I'll explain it because I had to dive into this yesterday. Um, basically, it's going back to what the Jets did with Bufflin last year. And basically what happened was Bufflin told them that he wasn't going to play. And when you do that, you can theoretically file for your papers for retirement, which then officially voids the rest of the contract. Team doesn't have to pay anything. The contract is essentially torn up. And what the Jets told Bufflin is like, look, if you change your mind, we'll still take you back. So, why don't you just not file for retirement? And what they did was Bufflin obviously had it in his head that he was done. So, Bufflin did not report for camp, and Bufflin did not report, obviously, for game one. So, what the Jets were able to do, essentially, was when he didn't show up for camp, they suspended him for failure to report. And that suspension is a suspension without pay, which means they didn't pay him at all because he didn't show up to, for work, essentially. And it means that with that suspension, the contract does not count on the cap. Okay. So it, there's there's no like cap hold. It's not like the Flyers are stuck paying him $5.75 million on the cap if he doesn't officially file for retirement. The only thing, I guess, in theory, well, there's two things in theory. Number one, He's still on their cap in the for off the season. off season, right? But that doesn't really matter because you're allowed to go ten percent over the cap in the off season, and going ten percent over this cap ceiling is eight point one five million. Niskanen's cap is under that, so maybe it cuts down your flexibility like a little bit in terms of like how much money you can just stash on your books before you trade guys away. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to kill them. Then. There is, I guess, in theory, the possibility that if the Flyers really think Niskanen's going to come back, they save the money so that he can come back. But I don't get the intent. I don't get the the, the I don't get the sense that like he's going to come back. I get the the sense that he's basically done. You know, maybe there's a, a scenario where he gets the itch if you know we get a vaccine in a, in a week and everything looks fine, then maybe he says, screw it, I'll come back. But, like, that ain't going to happen. So I, I think the Flyers are going to prepare this offseason, are going to operate this offseason under the assumption that that $5.75 million capita of his is just gone. That's Perfect. Yeah, and that was my next question, and you guys answered it basically. Uh, like, there's no cap recapture or anything. It's not a 35-plus contract or anything. This just disappears if he files for retirement, right? If he files for retirement okay. or if the Flyers suspend him for cause, which yeah. I, they will if this is what happens. Okay. Uh, so, I, like, I'm happy to have the cap space. I can't say I wasn't at least a little concerned, like, about, you know, the end of the year. He didn't look the way he did at the beginning of the year when we were all like, oh, my God, 
Washington thought this guy was done? Like, we all said a couple of times, like, oh, this is more the player we were afraid we might be getting. Uh, but this does kind of open up a hole we didn't think existed. Now, granted, they have the money to fill that hole. But, ah, man, I don't know. I I'm happy for him. It's just, like, I wish we had this money another way. I wonder if the Flyers have any defensemen that could play NHL defense at a high level. They could just play in Matt Niskanen's spot. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. I mean, Maybe. Kelly, I understand what your point is, and I and I. Get I know it. it's not a thing, but no. I mean, no, I mean, like it could be. I, I I do think this this you know, and we'll get into Shane Goss's bear later, but like, I think this makes it more likely he's going to stay because now there's not like a cap crunch and whatnot. But I do think, and I've, I've seen this a lot and I'm, I know it sounds like I'm picking on you, Kelly, but I'm really picking on everyone that like still thinks Shane Goss bear is Shane Goss bear. Like you can't just put Shane Goss bear on the first pair. You can't. No, he's, you'd have to shift things around. I didn't like actually he, mean like, but I, but I've heard that from people. It's like, well, ghost and Provorov were great two years, like three years ago. Why don't you just put him back up there? Like you can't, give a guy first pair minutes right off the bat when he sucked pretty much all of last year and was mediocre the year before. Like, you need to give the guy a chance to, like, actually play well for an extended period of time before you're sending him out there against, you know, Austin Matthews and Sidney Crosby on a regular basis. Like, it's not... The, the, Shane Gossespierre's problem is not as simple as he's getting played too low in the lineup. Shane Gossespierre's problem is that he isn't playing well. And if he wants to get moved up in the lineup, he has to play better. I would love nothing more than to put Shane Gossespierre back on the top pair. But the guy's got to show that he's not going to get killed if you do it. So, in response to this, it seems at least, like because they announced the Justin Braun re-signing uh, basically at the exact same time as the Niskanen announcement, um... Would he? Would Braun be back? At like, would they have ever just been like, oh, one point eight million, or were they ready to move on from Braun, and this kind was, of forced their hand? Was wondering I about that. I feel like it forced. Yeah, I feel like it forced their hand, and I'm really nervous that they think that Braun is an answer here because he is not. And the contract isn't bad. Two years, one point eight million, but. He's not good. Well, here's the thing. This is where it gets complicated for me. Like, I understand wanting to maintain a veteran right-shot D-man who contributes on the penalty kill. I understand that. That makes sense. And you're down a defenseman you thought you were going to have. Okay. But he's a third-pair defenseman. Like, are they suddenly just going to go... Here you go, Sanheim. Myers is up on the top pair, and you have Braun now. Like, that's not going to work. Braun played 17-16 a game in the regular season. He only played four games over 20 minutes. He played 27 games under 17 minutes. Elaine Vigneault, finalist for Coach of the Year, said, yeah, we're better when he's not on the ice at 5-on-5. Five like, that is a fact. It's it's what happened last year. So, like, how do they fill this, like, void? Whether it's Myers gets first crack at playing with Provorov and they have to find a fourth defenseman. Regardless, like, you can't play Braun on your top, in your top four, right? I mean, Myers didn't play, like, a top pairing defenseman last season either. Yeah, but we like, like him. No, I know. <laughs> no, but he can fucking like skate and has... Steph, I'm with you. I'm just saying that's the reason. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> we like I'm him not and he's saying, handsome. I'm not saying <laughs> so. Myers is the answer. I'm saying he has the stamina to play 25 fucking minutes. He's young and can skate and can play both ways. Like, Justin Braun doesn't have those things. Right. Uh, he's. I mean, Travis Sanheim is both of those things, too. But we're not saying Travis Sanheim is, is a first-pairing defenseman. He could be, maybe. But, like, these are not good answers none of the answers that the flyers have right now at defensemen are good to plug in next to pro i'm fine with trying sandheim the thing we can try it but it's not the best fit i just i think they want to go lefty righty again like they seem to like that that configuration and they didn't have it for the longest time they did when they brought in niskanen and braun that was like the whole idea they could finally do this thing uh like they have to go out and get at least a top four, if not like a legit number two defenseman, right? So to to jump in here, because I, I don't want to let this go unchallenged and us just change topics without me making my case for why Justin Braun isn't actually bad. Um, Justin Braun isn't actually bad. Justin Braun is basically what the Robert Haig defenders want to believe that Robert Haig is. He's an actually good defensive defenseman who is so good at suppressing shots and chances that at least last year in the regular season, it makes up for the fact that the Flyers don't do a lot offensively when he's on the ice either. Now, look, I'm not saying that you plug Justin Braun up on the top pair with Ivan Pereira. That's that's not a good idea. You know, maybe you could do it sometimes, maybe situationally, if you're in the defensive zone, it it can make some sense. And it's not like other teams haven't done the whole, you know, put a not that great defenseman next to, you know, Victor Hedman and let him carry the guy. Like, it, it can happen. It can work in certain situations. I will say that I don't have a major issue if at least to start the year, they put Justin Braun next to Travis Sanheim. Because that pairing worked fine last year. Obviously, you'd have to, you know, give Sandheim some shifts with other defensemen. Because I agree, Braun's a little older. You don't want him taking on, you know, 20 minutes a night. But I don't have a major issue, at least to start the year, if you use Justin Braun as your number four. Now, if he shows major signs of age-related drop-off, that's one thing. But I'm not... I'm not a Justin Braun hater. Like, do I think they would have brought him back if Niskanen had stayed? No, I don't. But I think that was just because they didn't have the room. Like, I think they always respected Braun. I think they liked what he brought to the table. And I think there's a good reason for them to. I think he's a pretty good player. I think a lot of people are being blinded by the fact that he wasn't that good in the playoffs, which is true. But also, he was next to Robert Haig, who isn't who actually isn't very good, which is part the reason why I think that he wasn't that good, because I just think you put two guys who can't move the puck together and they're gonna spend an endless amount of time in their own zone. Like that's my biggest concern about the Braun signing is I'm afraid they're just gonna be like, okay, our third pair is Haig Braun again. And like I really don't like that. I honestly would rather Braun be with Sanheim on the second pair than in his quote-unquote right spot on the third pair if that means that on the third pair he's next to Robert Haig. Now I'm done with my Braun rant now. We can get back to whatever we're talking yeah, about. I, I, just, think... I, just, I, I didn't want to let that go unchallenged because I do think Braun is better than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Oh, I believe that as well. I don't think Braun is bad. I just think he plays a role, and that role is best suited at like 16 and a half minutes a night, which isn't second pair minutes. It's not second pair of minutes, but that doesn't mean he can't be on the second pair. Like, you can take, you can, 
play a guy fewer minutes and still have him with Travis Sanheim at even strength if he's on the second PK unit. He's obviously not getting power play time. And then maybe some shifts, if Shane Gosper is still around, maybe you put Shane Gosper with Travis Sanheim on the right side, you know, in the offensive zone. So you can strategically maneuver your defense so that a guy like Braun isn't getting run into the ground, but he's still getting used maybe not with Robert Haig. I know I'm obsessing over this, but I really no, don't want him with Robert Haig. <laughs> no, but that leads me to my next... Okay, so let's... I forgot Robert Haig was still an option. Let's say... He sure is. Let's say Braun is your number four defenseman to start this year. Um, you would guess alongside Sanheim. So do you believe Myers can play with Provorov to start the year, or do they have to go out and still find another top pair defenseman? Uh, so I, I think he can do it. Yeah. Now, can he do it well? I don't know. I think he can do it well enough if the Flyers want to start the season. Okay. With the with this mix. I think the the end game has to be you need another top four defenseman. However, if you decide that, well, maybe we can trade for one of the deadline, I think you can survive. But you have to like this opens up a hole. It's a hole that we knew was going to be a hole. It's just that the hole appeared a year early because Niskan and retired. Yeah, like we... there was always a long-term need for a you know a top four right-handed shooting defenseman that can tandem with Phil Myers on the right side, and there fills up your top four. So like this was always coming. It's just the Niskanen thing makes it come a year earlier than we thought. Yeah, and there's no like obviously it's not oh yeah we're gonna depend on Cam York, but it. We thought potentially we had Zamula, we had York, we had guys coming up who could potentially play in a top four. Uh, at least we could see the beginning of that, and now it's a year early. My question was just going to lead to, do we believe a top four of Provorov, Myers, Sanheim, Braun is good enough to compete for the Metropolitan Division? I think it depends on how the rest... I mean, honestly, like, I don't think that... Most good hockey teams have top a four excellent defensemen at the top of their rotation. Like yeah, there are right. some turds on every single team, and so <laughs> turds. The good the good <laughs> player on that pair has to carry the turd around, and the offense has to score goals, and the goalie has to make the saves that he has to save. Like I don't think that that top four would be so bad that it would hurt the Flyers' chances of competing. It's not ideal, but I think it's workable if they choose to I've go with also, it. I also, like, I am going to say something that I don't really want to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, we're just one year removed from Provorov shitting the ice, too, so this is all really, really based on him being the Provorov that we know him to be and not the one that was bad that one year. That's a completely fair point. And that's one of the big concerns I have about losing Niskanen because I do believe that Niskanen's presence was a big reason why Provorov stepped Absolutely. up. And not just because Niskanen was good, but I think Provorov really benefited from having a steady guy who communicated well on the ice and was sort of able, I think, to like... One thing I think about Provorov is I think Provorov has a tendency to want to do too much 
because like he 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 physically can do everything if he wants to. He played with Andrew McDonald. He had to. <laughs> exactly. But like he just I think that was the big problem he had in 2018-2019 is just he would try to do everything and it ended up that he was doing nothing well. And I think having someone like Niskanen helped him because when probably when he would start to, you know, lose it a little bit, Niskanen could just, you know, hold the puck for an extra couple seconds to give him a give Provorov a chance to take a deep breath and just chill the fuck out. And losing Niskanen is going to be a test for Provorov. It's going to be a test to see just how far he's come in his development, unless, of course, the Flyers go out and they get a true Niskanen replacement this offseason. Well, I mean, Provorov, if he's going to be our number one defenseman, he's got to to be able to handle this kind of thing. Like, we can't have someone holding his hand for the next four or five years while he figures out how to be a number one defenseman. If he's the guy, he had a whole year of somebody showing him how to play his game right. If he didn't learn it in a year, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't like the idea that we have to go out and spend what would probably be a whole bunch of money on a free agent defenseman that will be a problem in two to three years to hold Provorov's hand for another year so that he can be a number one defenseman. He's got to do it. Like, no more with the babying. Get your shit together. Sure, but... Consider Alex Petrangelo. He's going to... I know, but, like, there's so much re-signing that has to be done in the near term of the future. But consider... He's very handsome. Alex Petrangelo. He's very handsome. And very good. We should have signed him six years ago. That would have been good. Then him and Braden Shen could have won the cup on the Flyers as opposed to... The blues. I mean, Steph, Steph, there are things like contract rules and rights. Listen! <laughs> <laughs> they could have offersheeted him. <laughs> uh, so, do we think there's a possibility, because we, the whole idea of the steadying force, and then I remember the conversation we've had a bunch of times about uh, what Vigneault did with McDonough. Um, is there a possibility... Braun plays the Girardi role. And it's just like, all right, he's our worst of our top four defensemen. Here you go, Provorov. We like the Sanheim-Myers pair. That's a good second pair. Provorov basically alone with Justin Braun. That's going to work. Justin Braun is better than Andrew McDonald. So let's just start there. So at least we've got that. he's better than Dan Girardi, too. Yeah, (laughs) we've got that going for us. Better than Dan Girardi. You should put that on a business card. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a business card. No, well, what was who was the guy who they put with uh, with Hedman? Was it Bogosian in the playoffs? I don't know. I believe it was Bogosian who they put with Hedman. And it's just like, you know, do I think they're going to put Braun with Perov? No, I don't. But, like, maybe. You know, maybe they give it a shot for a few games here and there. Again, this is all assuming that the Flyers don't go out and get someone, yeah. which I think they're going to try to do. Um, you know, whether it's via free agency, whether it's via trade, whether they wait it out, like, let me put it this way. I think Fletcher knows they need another, now that with the, the loss in Iskin, they need another defenseman. They need another stone cold top four defenseman, ideally a right shooting guy. I cannot, I could see the Flyers getting through the off season without getting a, one of those guys. I could not see the Flyers entering the playoffs next year without one of those guys. Like, I think this this now becomes the main task for Chuck Fletcher in his mind, which is I need to get another one of those guys. I need to get a guy that fills that hole that Niskanen's retirement creates. I don't know if he has to rush to do it because I think the pieces they have are probably good enough 
for them to compete next year and for them to make the playoffs because they're a good enough team otherwise. But if they have designs on winning the Cup next year, which I think we all hope they do, they need to hit the playoffs with another defenseman to complement the guys they have. And I think Fletcher gets that. Yeah, so getting another if, guy isn't the problem. It's the the rush to sign a high-priced UFA that I don't want to I want to see him consider before doing it. So, okay, this kind of answers itself since we believe Braun can and will be used in the top 4 at least to start the year. Friedman or Zamula making the squad as the sixth defenseman to uh, play with Haig, probably. This doesn't shut the door on that because we think Braun will actually potentially move up at least for a little bit. It could happen. It could. I, I mean, it yeah. could, but Ghost is still here. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Ghost is still... And I, I do want to kind of go into that Ghost thing for a second because Chuck Fletcher... You, you can sort of tell when you're listening to these press conferences what message a GM is trying to get across to the league by using the media to do it. And the message that it seemed like he was trying to get across to his fellow GMs yesterday when he talked to the media was, we don't have to trade Shane Goss's bear. It, it just seems so obvious. He was like, we're comfortable with the, the, with the, the guys we have right now to start the season. Then he was like, Shane Goss's bear can jump up into a, a bigger power play role with Matt Niskanen gone. And then I specifically asked him about the Goss's bear rumors. And he basically said, look, like we'll consider a hockey trade, but if we're, you know, if we're moving out a defenseman now, we got to get a defenseman back somehow. So he was sending a very clear message that the Flyers no longer feel like, because I, I do think there was a feeling that like you kind of had to move him before because cap space. And if Niskanen comes back, then we sort of have to find a way to get some flexibility. Now, you know, whether it's strategic or whether it's actually, they've actually changed their minds. Ghost is, Ghost is here. Yeah. The Flyers have seven defensemen right now, counting Mark Friedman, who are probably decent enough NHLers, that means that, you know, Ghost is one of those seven. So maybe he stays. And if he stays, who knows what happens? Yeah, it definitely, like, the way I interpreted the answers was basically, stop proposing fifth-round picks. We're not exactly. just dumping him now. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's what exactly. it sounded like to me. And obviously, he doesn't know what he's going to be able to do, so he's not going to say, oh, yeah, fuck that guy. He's out of here. Like, you kind of don't want to say that about him. But in your gut, all of you, do you think this makes it more or less likely because, uh, or do you think it makes it more or less likely Ghost is traded? Because to me, you know, I look at it and go, they couldn't make any big moves before. But now with Niskanen's money out of the way, if you move Ghost as well, if you don't if you don't retain any salary, that's almost $11 million you freed up. That's enough to go out and get pretty much anybody. Yeah, one. So, so what about yeah, now one that great we have like player. Two, Yeah, but now we. So now you're creating another hole on defense, and then there's also the three C thing that we've been harping on forever. Like now you've ah, got Patrick's more. Patrick's got holes. it. Oh well. I want one top end player, whether it's at center or defense. I'm not picky. I think they need a center the most, but either one I think puts them in the upper echelon that we talked about last week. Well, who is that player? right now player to be named later okay fair <laughs> i mean but it's like it's none of the guys that flyers fans are out here going on and on about like it's not patrick line it's not alex petrangelo no, it's not tory krug so i was going on and on about matt duchene i was going on and on about <laughs> joel oh, quenville gross. i got 
Kevin Hayes and Elaine Vigneault. I'm much happier with those things. I'll leave that part to Chuck Fletcher. I'm just saying, moving Ghost creates an opportunity to fucking improve this team with good players, not a bunch of role players that you're hoping can create one decent enough player, but actually one very good player. And that only ha- and that also only happens if you're moving Ghost for nothing, like no salary comes back in the ghost train like it's just we move out his 4.5 and we get nothing back that would hit against the cap so now we have 11 million dollars to do things with yeah if you move him for nothing and sign petrangelo that's a hell of a fucking trade okay fair like (laughs) no i know i mean i would if 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 you find out that alex petrangelo wants to come to philadelphia i'd move ghost in a second it's a no-brainer for me. But I, I'm extremely high on Alex Petrangelo. I think he's one of the top five best defensemen in hockey. So if, if Petrangelo wants to come to Philly, you find a way to get it done. He's an elite defenseman. I think he's going to age pretty well, so I'm not terribly concerned there. Um, that said, Bill, it does seem like you're basically like you have this this mythical idea in your head of this player that I'm not sure actually exists or at least is available. But it's still fun. I mean, Everyone's I understand why you're doing Everyone's available if fun. their name isn't Connor McDavid. Like <laughs> he well, might be Connor available McDavid now. Has the Rona, yeah. so <laughs> his value's going down. We might be able to get him. Robert Hagen a third for Connor McDavid. They got that socialized medicine up there. He'll be fucking fine, <laughs> just like the president. <laughs> oh God. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Well, now I want to die. So (laughs) great. Um, no, I'm just go, 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 go. vomit all over my microphone. I'm not great. Perfect. I'm not saying, oh, well, now they have the money to trade for Crosby. Like, I don't think that's what they're going to do. I'm just saying, like, there are top end players out there they couldn't afford before. Now they can. So going back to your original question, do you do I think it's more or less likely now that they're going to move ghosts? I think it's less likely okay. because because they just, you know, before if Niskanen was back. You could move Ghost just for cap space and not have to worry about getting another defenseman back. Now, you pretty much, if you move Ghost, which I still absolutely think is on the table, because I do believe that, I think both sides kind of know that it just ain't working here. And, you know, this might just work better for everybody if Ghost gets a fresh start somewhere else. So I do think he's still on the block. I and like oh yeah, Fl- like Fletcher knew on September sixth that Niskanen might retire, and he was still shopping Ghost. So like Ghost is still on the block. That said, because they now know Niskanen is gone, they they have they do not have him on the roster. If you move Ghost, you need to get another defenseman back somehow. Now it doesn't have to be in that trade. It may be a signing. It may be another trade. Who knows? But you need to get another defenseman back, which just adds another wrinkle to the idea of trading Ghost. It's not as simple as it was before, where yeah, you could just trade Ghost for cap space, and you know you have Mark Friedman, you, you sign back Robert Haig, you have Niskanen in the top four, like it's fine. Now, if you want to trade Ghost, you got to get someone back to slide in even if it's just a depth guy even if it's just a you know a two million dollar a year depth defenseman sign you need someone 
And that just adds another variable. And when you're adding more variables to an equation, it makes it more complex and it makes it less likely to happen. That's my view. You know what I want? It's not even Petrangelo. It's Tory Krug, but Tory Krug is left-handed, and that complicates things now that fucking Matt Niskanen's gone. I'm just... I, I, I'm excited for an offseason. This is finally a team that can win a cup, and they could potentially have some cap space. It could be the most fun offseason they've had in fucking a decade, if they want it to be. Is this obsession with righty-lefty actually good like is it bad that they're obsessed with having righty lefty or or would it be are better actually it seems it, like are they, they are actually or is that a holdover from ron hextall and people are just applying it to this well, hextall See, never i don't had it that was the yeah I, I don't i don't think it was a holdover from hextall at all i don't think hextall gave a shit i yeah, i think okay. i think av is the one who really likes the lefty righty thing it just seems that, like that's yeah. where i think it comes from like having two good defensemen that both happen to be left-handed seems better to me than having one good left-handed defenseman and one shitty right-handed defenseman i mean fair but the ideal is to have one good left-handed yeah. defenseman and one good right-handed defenseman but like if, what if they had this year yeah if you sign tory krug like, is that bad? I don't think so. I think it's probably pretty good. No, and there are there are guys who can play both. Like, Robert Haig is comfortable playing both. We've heard that before. Even though he's left-handed, he can play the right side. I, it's difficult. I just think it makes things a little more hard. Like, a little more hard. A little harder. <laughs> like, for when you're playing your offhand, it's, it's difficult. That's why, like, Claude Giroux plays his offside, but if you were to ask other people to do it, it wouldn't go as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Who can say? <laughs> oh, I think, I think, like, going hard and fast with it, like, oh, no, we have to have lefty-righty. That's a mistake. Like, it, it can be overrated in that regard, but I, I don't know. I watched, I watched the Flyers' defense struggle playing lefties on the right side for several years, and I saw last year things go a little more smoothly. Now, that could just be they had better players overall. Or it could be there's something to it. I think it provides a boost, but I don't think, like, I think as uh, Kelly said, if you're putting a bad defenseman yeah. up there because he's right-handed, he's still going to be a bad defenseman. Now, if you, like, let me put it this way. We'll go in, in NHL, EA Sports terms. If you have a choice between putting an 84 defenseman on the top pair who's left-handed on the right side versus an 80 defenseman who's right-handed, I'd probably go with the 80. But if, you have, if you're choosing between an 84 and a 72, then you go with the 84. Obviously. Like, it's just, it's just a matter of, like, it provides a boost, generally speaking, if you have guys on their correct side. But, it's, but talent can make up for that especially if there's a big gap. You know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. Um, all right, so let's look at some potential free agents. In terms of right-handed defensemen, after we just did all that, Petrangelo, the big name, we've talked about him a bunch, Justin Schultz, Tyson Barry, Sammy Vontanen, Kevin Shattenkirk, they're all out there. They're all out there. They can play the right side. They all have experience in a, in a top four. Any of those names excite you? Other than Petrangelo, obviously. Do we actually think Petrangelo is going to leave St. Louis? He hasn't I mean, signed yet. I think he might. We're getting there, man. I like. I I still, if I had to put money on it, I would still say that eventually they swing back and work out a deal. But like as Kelly said, it's Tuesday. Free agent mm -hmm. days on Friday. 
They still yeah. haven't agreed to anything. So, like, we're getting sure. there. We're getting to that point. If you get okay. this far, how can you not just be so enticed with the idea of a bidding war? Like, well, if you re-sign the day after the season or in mid-season, whatever, cool, stability. You're a couple days away, and you're like, nah, I don't want that thing. I'll just... Hockey players don't like risk. Yeah, they don't like moving either. No. I mean, who likes moving? Moving sucks. I'll um, fucking hire Alex Petrangelo's movers. He'll be fine. It's still, it still sucks. We won't no, use but, the people but, Steph used. But Steven, oh, Steven Stamkos yeah, did, did exactly what you're saying players shouldn't do, which is a few days before hitting free agency, he decided, I'm going back. So. Oh, yeah, it happens. I'm just like, as a regular human who will never have this opportunity for people to bid on me, like, <laughs> <laughs> I would be very enticed by that possibility. Get your money, boys, for Christ's sake. They take so much of it um, from you anyway. Get a giant contract. Yeah, like you're getting 10% less no matter what, so fucking crack it up. I, just to go back to the list, I will be so mad if they end up with Kevin Shattenkirk. <laughs> it's I a just, fun name, though. I hate him so much Why for do no you reason. Why do you hate him? I, always I don't know. I, I just, so I equate him with, this new wave of players that need to go home to play hockey. Like, they need to go home. Like, when he requested to go to the Rangers, and then the Rangers bought him out, and that was just a disaster. Um, but he needed to go home, needed to go home. And then everyone else did it after him. I just, I hate him. You've really For no reason. It really bothers you when players want to, like, be near their family? I like it. You're adults. It's still nice to be near your family. Is it, though? I mean, I'm the one that's furthest away from my family. <laughs> I mean, so, if you hate your family, then maybe I not. mean, come on, guys. You gotta <laughs> look at who you're talking to. I, just, I like my family a few hours away. I find Shattenkirk just entertaining because, like, the Blues traded him and then won, and he got what he wanted with the Rangers and then got bought out by the Rangers and then won the fucking cup. Like, that just tickles me to death. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I will agree that I like Shatten. I always liked Shattenkirk. I like Shattenkirk even more now that his very existence makes the Rangers look dumb. <laughs> yeah, the Rangers. <laughs> the Rangers buyout history is really something else. Uh, whoever signs fucking Hank might might have a real good shot next year. Um, Tori Krug and TJ Brody, a couple of lefties on the UFA market. Krug has been my number one target since last off season when I saw he had a year left on his deal. God damn, I would just love I would just I would just love a top end defenseman no matter who it is, honestly. And I think Krug and Petrangelo are the top two guys available. Yeah, I I think I would agree with that. I think they're probably the two best. I I, I personally wouldn't have a problem with Shattenkirk. I, I think he fits Shattenkirk's a nice he fits budget better option. Now. Yeah, he fits better now. Um Krug Krug was a guy who I didn't think fit at all. Aside from the fact that he was good, now if you squint a little bit, you can see it because it's like, well, if you're gonna make Sanheim a top pair guy, maybe because I, I don't think Krug is a top pair guy. Like, forget the lefty righty thing. I don't think he's a top pair guy. I think if you put him in top pair duties against top lines, his numbers are gonna tank. But I think he's a great second pair option. I think he's a fantastic number three, and I think he's a really good power play quarterback. So. Like, now you squint a little bit and you're like, well, if you move Sanheim up 
And then you bump Provorov down to power play two. Krug could be cool. So now I'm like more on board because I do think Tori Krug is a very good player. Yeah, Charlie. I just don't think I don't think he's a number two. I think he's a number three. Everybody, I don't um, want Provorov anywhere near a power play. No, seriously. And, <laughs> and he scored a lot of goals last year. He did year. have he a bunch of goals. goals. Like, I I don't like it either, but he scored a bunch of goals. <laughs> so I, I need to preface this by saying that I am in no way equating these two players talent level-wise, but we have a defenseman that's an excellent quarterback on the power play. They just don't I mean, use him there anymore. I mean, he was. He hasn't yeah, been he for two years. He kind of, st- we, saw, we saw it coming back, though, before they pulled did him out though? again. A little bit. Did we, though? What? There was one game, sample size, which I think is plenty to evaluate someone's <laughs> play. I love that Kelly is all for Shane Goss. No, I'm I, not all I love for, it. but, like, I, if we're no, not no, going to trade we're, we're him. Going, we're, we're all in. It's fine. If I'm here with you. I, we're doing it. I, I saw what Kelly saw in that I saw a guy who was willing to take a shot when no one else would fucking put the puck anywhere near the net. I did very much appreciate that. Um, I, listen, I love Ghost. If Ghost comes back and is the Ghost of old, I think we have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. I just, like, wouldn't put money on that happening. Well, he's never, ever, ever going to be rookie year Ghost. That's the thing that people need to get out of their head. That was an aberration. Ghost. Yeah, that would be good. Or 17, but I, 18, I do whatever feel like, it was. I feel like for a large number of people, unless he gets back to what he did his rookie year, which is absurd, that they're going to be disappointed in him. And I think that if he's just better... And can do what he does on the power play. It's a net positive. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm Kelly, main... I'm... Oh, go ahead, John. Kelly, I'm in agreement with you that if you keep Ghost... If you keep Ghost, I want him on top power play. Has to like, be. I, I think, I, I think he should be there. You know, Provorov scored all those goals, but I just don't think he brings the, the dynamic element that Ghost can. I would want him on the top power play. I'm just not convinced that it's as simple as put goes back on the top power play and he'll be good again. Like he hasn't been good on that top power play for quite a while. I know he spent most of last year on the second power play, but the year before he wasn't anything special on the top power play. So like I would put him back there in the hopes he finds it. I just don't think it's a guarantee he finds it. Whereas like a Tory Krug, I feel more confident if you put him on that top power play, he finds it very quickly because I think he's still a very good top power play. Was, you know what I mean? Wasn't that the, uh, the Drew on the wrong side year, though, that the power play was Not the whole the year. Okay, yeah. First half of the year, Drew was on the correct side, and they couldn't score. The, the, the shot and chance numbers were very good, but they couldn't score. So a name I'm kind of interested in, and I know, like, all for sheets don't happen, and it's nonsense, but, man, I watched that series. I would really like to get my hands on Ryan Pollock. I'd give up some draft picks for him. Hold on. Can I dry heave into the microphone? Why don't you I like him? It. It's the two. Pollock, Pellock. Yeah, I think Denver doesn't like Ireland. They're not together anymore. It just sounds like somebody's throwing up. It just sounds like it. Oh, driver. Love it. So I'm not I'm not opposed to this. My concern, my concern with all those Islanders defensemen. Is that it's trots? Call me biased. I just don't know if any of them are actually any good. Yeah. Like, I, I, outside of the Islanders. Like, with the Islanders in their system, clearly they are. I just don't know if they're actually good, true talent defensemen or if they're just in the perfect system for what they do. Now, Pola Granite was a first former first-round pick. He's got talent. So, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dislike it. But I do have that nagging feeling in the back of my head of, like, 
are these Islanders defensemen actually really that good? Or is it just like a sum of like, you know, a sum of the parts kind of thing? Can I interest anybody in another restricted free agent defenseman named Anthony D'Angelo? You cannot. Absolutely not. Thank you for the offer, but no thank you, sir. He's not even good. Uh. Like, apart from him being just like trash people, he's not even that good. So no. I mean... I need he's, nothing. He's pretty good. He's not that good, he's, Charles. He's he's pretty good. He's, he's not that good. He's got some. He's got he some sucks. incredible offensive talent. Um, I my concern, it, it, like yeah, it seems like he's not a, a person we would want to hang out with. My concern is he legitimately has like an anger problem. Yes, where he'll take a bad penalty at the worst possible fucking time. Like I think that holds back his career more than anything else. Is he's going to be good, 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 and then, up, oh, yep, he just took a four-minute high-sticking penalty in between shifts. Like, yeah, he ran off the bench and high-sticked somebody. Also, like, like that's- and not to be, like, silly and ridiculous, but, like, the idea that he gets suspended by the team because he says something shitty on Twitter, like, that's not out of the realm at this point. Yeah. That yeah. is fair. So like, is, I just don't. It is fair. It's too messy. Like, why? He's not good enough to to get over the mess, in my opinion. All right, well, and here's also, some names. Steph said no one's allowed to go home, so he can't come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he is legitimately <laughs> like from South Philly. Yeah. Like it's hilarious. Um, well, he can't come back. Sorry, we don't want sorry. you. Bye. <laughs> sorry. Uh, Bye. Like, some names who some players who you know uh, what you're getting out of them. They wouldn't be, uh, they, they were, there isn't high variance here. Radko Gudis, oh Jack boy. Johnson, Cody Cece, and someone I actually kind of like, Nikita Zadorov. I'll okay, have I'm you gonna know say, that. I'm gonna say this is, this I, was for fun. Put, you cannot put Radko Gudis with those guys. Why not? Zadorov is like, no, you can't. Passable. Gudis is actually fine. Jack Johnson and Cody Cece are, you know, Jack Johnson and Kakapipi. Well, actually. <laughs> Internal numbers will show that Cody CC is actually good. So you just got to get him on the team. Internal numbers said he was actually good. (laughs) Toronto would keep him. They know he's bad. I put Radko Gudis in that group just because, like, we're replace like he'd be the replacement for the guy we traded him for. Like that, that would be funny to me. It would be funny, and it would be extremely flyers too. Which you know. They're not going to go back down there. Nah. All right. They, no, they're, no, they're, they're not. Done. They're I done just, the Radko Gudis experiment. They're not signing any of these guys. And if they do, I'm going to be upset about it. I mean, Zadorov a little less so because it'd be fun. Anyone with a Z in their last name is cool. Uh, but wait for the layup. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I was, I was spelling out your last name in my head. Like, I don't know how, what your last name is. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so, and we, we've, we've kind of circled around this, but we can have a lot of fun with the potential big moves. It's always fun to speculate. Obviously, I'm going to say Alex Petrangelo and not fucking Nikita Zadorov because that's just more fun to talk about Alex Petrangelo. But realistically, does it just make it more likely that Tyler Pitlick's coming back? They have a little bit more cap space. They like him. They're like, here's your $2 million. One guy who... um who was thrown around a bit this weekend was um was Jesper Faust. And Ooh. I think that like he is basically Pitlick but better. Yeah. So if they did go for him, I imagine Pitlick is out of it because like you wouldn't sign I don't think you would sign Faust and Pitlick because I they can't. basically play the same role can't and Faust imagine. is just a better version. I will call Can him Jesper Fast. I'm call yes, he is Jesper Fast. <laughs> if he comes yeah, here, yeah. I hate I hate to break it to you guys. That's gonna be a thing forever, so get ready for it. 
So let him know if he con- <laughs> if he signs here. Just it ain't happening. <laughs> we just said the same thing at the same time. I know. <laughs> We're one person, the one girl on the podcast. <laughs> She's so stupid, she can't say his name right. <laughs> All these fucking tweets were gonna get about an echo now. Like, oh, the, the girl was echoing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Charlie. The dumb girl, please don't ever forget we're dumb. <laughs> I'm pretty well, dumb. The dumb girl. So, uh, so Chuck threw out Jesper Faust. Are there any other under the radar free agents here anyone's interested in? Obviously, we got to get through the draft and see what they do <laughs> and with their picks, any potential trades. I looked Mine at the list, look. and I was yeah, just I mean, like, I, whatever. I, I've always liked Craig Smith. I think he'd be cool as, like, a like a middle six right wing. Um, I don't know if the Flyers are going to go for him, but he's a guy I've always liked. He's a, a fancy stats monster. He shoots the puck a lot. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't finish very well on his chances, but, like, if you're looking for a volume shooter, a guy who's just going to pull the trigger, like, that's him. And I don't think he would be too expensive. Like, maybe he comes for, like, three and a half four mil cap hit like he'd be cool so i'd i'd, I'd like him he's probably my like under the radar guy i of of preference i'd say i didn't see anybody on that list that i was interested in you know, i th- i think i've become anti-ufa in my old age like i just don't want any of them i respect they it. cost too much go away from me <laughs> trades you, only you spent- You've spent too much time hanging out around Micah. That's what it is. Probably. Well, like, <laughs> think, like every major free agent contract typically becomes an albatross at some point. You have to overpay them. Yeah, that's why. It's fu- more, they're usually more than two-year contracts. That's why. That's why that you fight for free agency. You that. get overpaid in free agency. Yeah. The PA sucks, though. That's All right, so show. I want to get... I want to get to this Saravali quote because it's basically what we've been talking about. Uh, he wrote on October 1st that the message was simple yet still jaw-dropping. When asked to size up the trade market as a whole, this is how one NHL general manager framed it on Wednesday. The number of franchise-changing players available or being talked about each day is astonishing, the GM said. It's just, not, it's just that no one has any room for them. Man, the Flyers kind of do. The salary cap is a fucking disease. It's ruining it, the sport. It really is. It's terrible. Like, the playoff format alone was enough for there to be ridiculous amounts of parity. Now the fucking salary cap, man. Like, oh my god, I hate it. It's not, it's, it's like not, not even doing parity. It's just making the good teams have to be worse almost immediately. For absolutely no reason. That's at least in the NBA, you have the soft cap and you can pay your own players whatever the fuck you want. And like, yeah, if you want to go out and get another guy, that counts against the cap. Like, I just wish the NHL at least had that so the teams that draft well don't get punished for it. Fucking cheap owners. I hate them. Yeah, they are cheap as fuck. Ugh. Losers. If you were real rich people, you'd want to spend all your money on sports. But do you, like, posers? Th- the Flyers have some picks, they have some room, they have some pieces they could move. Do you expect the Flyers, maybe not a franchise-changing player, but do you expect when the puck drops, the Flyers have one, like, new all-star in the lineup on January 1st or March 1st or whenever the fuck the season starts? I don't know about yeah, an Nolan all-star. Patrick. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> Come on, you had to expect it. <laughs> 
Um, the one thing that, you know, it's funny, um, as much as I would go crazy if they got Petrangelo, because I just think he's an awesome player and a cool fit, uh, and I'd be excited if they got Line. Like, I- I'm skeptical of, um, you know, of what they'd have to do to give to to get him, but he'd be fun. I mean, it'd be fun to talk about Patrick Line scoring 40 goals for this team for the next 10 years. Um, but the thing, honestly, I'm the most excited about, um, and I'm not excited that they're losing Niskanen because I think he's going to be a bigger loss than people realize. But um, I'm excited that now the Flyers have the ability to kind of, like, there are going to be a lot of teams that are in budget trouble, and there are going to be a lot of teams that are in cap trouble. And now the Flyers have the ability. Like, we were talking about how the Flyers are going to have to give up Shane Goss' bear for nothing. Yeah. They're going to give him up for a fucking fifth-round pick because they need cap space. There are so many teams that are trying to do that with objectively good players like Shane Gossespierre. And now the Flyers can be that team that swoops in and grabs some legitimately good player for peanuts. Like, that's what I'm excited about. I ho- I, I would love it if they spent the money on Petrangelo and those guys, but, like, that's what I'm excited about. Tyler Johnson. I mean, he's good. And, and with a shrug, he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's and I the mean, perfect three C. If you give up a sixth round pick for him just to take on the cap, yeah, like, I that's love fine. It. Yeah, yeah baby, player. I'm all about it. Get on board. Let's swap some seventh round picks again. Like we're fine. Let's do that. Great. Um, if the Flyers get Line and or Petrangelo, if they get both, I don't know what they'd have to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying we'll give away we'll give away a jersey because oh, that Jesus. would just be fun and let's I mean they're gonna win the cup this year if that happens. You so heard it here we'll fo- give- first, folks. Hit up Steph we'll- at Stephalicious D for your free jersey. Is anybody else besides me thinking about how getting a new player in free agency this year is going to fuck up the Seattle thing? No. No, because then I'm not worried about it. Aren't, yeah, but, win the cup this year, and that's fine. Okay, okay, yeah. If they win the cup this year, then I don't care who we lose. But like, what if they lose Limblom? <laughs> Chuck Fletcher like, you would be says, cool with that. I no, would be cool Chuck with that. Fletcher says here's hold, a first hold, round pick hold and just fuck Braun. up. No, no, no. Shut up. They are not going to lose Oscar Limblom. Don't you dare say that about my sunshine boy. I mean the no, the players that you would have to protect though. Like I don't know. He's kind of. One of the outs. I, I am not worried about the expansion draft. Okay. I think that they'll 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 figure something out when the time comes. And this expansion draft has been looming for a decade now. Like, when is Seattle actually going to have a team? I know they're saying 2021, but no, that is, are they? That is when. Yeah. Uh, but is the stadium going to be done? Like, there, there's I am. I, I'm not worried about the expansion draft at all. Not right now, and probably not this time next year either. Fair. I just think, I mean, go ahead, go ahead, Bill. I'm worried about what they could potentially lose. I just think Chuck Fletcher is smart enough to go, I'd rather give up a first round pick and tell them who I want them to take rather than just say, here, have free range over all these players we built the organization around. He could do that, but Seattle could also say, oh, I like this one guy that you had to leave exposed. We're just going to take him. Sorry about your luck, Chuck. Bad luck, Chuck. (laughs) I just think you can't... I understand why people obsess over the expansion draft. Like, I get it. It's fun. It's a lot of speculation. And, you know, they could lose somebody important. My thing is you can't general manage a team scared. You can't be scared to improve your team because you might lose somebody. 
try to fucking win. Not like, only, yeah. let, let, let's let's not like let's not be so obsessed. Like let's not galaxy brand ourselves into not getting Alex Petrangelo if he wants to come here because we might lose somebody. Fuck it, go for the cup. I would like them to be all in next Fuck season. It. Fuck it, go for the cup. That's what I'm saying. Can I name the show? Fuck it, go for the cup. I was. I was just gonna say, <laughs> Kelly. I was just about episode... to say. I was just about to say, fuck it, go for the cup is the title, and that's what mm-hmm. I want to end on. Um, <laughs> uh, also, uh, we didn't really talk about the draft in this episode, yeah. so we can talk about that next time when we, we have. We can a talk draft. about yeah. it after the draft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool with that. What the fuck? They're gonna select some players or not? You know, <laughs> or they won't. <laughs> they will possibly take a player after the two days they'll have at least a few new players some of them will turn out some of them won't we'll know in five oh. years uh that's, that's the draft. there we go analysis hashtag analysis this is your number that's one flyers analysis tra- uh, podcast with Prostry hockey come here for everything uh you know what we never did was break for a commercial so good I'll luck with that kelly yeah <laughs> uh do we that's it though we're done all right. Well, there's no head of podcasting right now, so. What? <laughs> I mean, we're fine. Okay. Well, that is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for ha- hanging out. If you haven't already, write and subscribe, motherfuckers. It's important. Do it. Uh, we'll appreciate it. But also, if you don't, we'll show up at your house. We know where you live. All right. Uh, that's it. My name is Bill Matz for Kelly, for Charlie, for Steph. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports?